Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards. Welcome to Spoiler Season, episode eight of Amon Ket. Uh, spoiler Season is brought to you by New England Comics, NEC Coolidge on Facebook, and Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. So we have a bunch of cards to go through tonight. Uh, we're going to start off with Doomed Dissenter. This is Black 1 for a 1-1 one, one human. When it dies, create a 2-2 two, two Black Zombie Creature Dogen. This is my kind of card. Um, we've seen a couple of cards like this. Blister Pod, for example, was a card that when it dies, it replaces itself, right? Um, I think we had Sultai Emissary as well, which black one for a 2-2, I think, replaced itself with something. Uh, I think, yeah, with like a Manifest when it died, I believe. Uh, and we saw these de uh, cards see play in Aristocrat-style decks, decks that just want to sack their board for value, um, and that's pretty much the same spot I would expect this to be in. Um, in Limited, this is, I think, pretty decent. Um, it allows you a free block, maybe a one free attack or something, and then you get a 2-2 Black Zombie, and the Black Zombie is going to often be uh, relevant as we'll see in a moment uh, in a little bit with the uh, custom of the card spoiled today so the type is uh, relevant and yeah seems seems pretty good yeah I'd say also this is a nice target for your minus one minus one counters if you have to put them in your own creature yeah really good point yeah totally happy to kill this because you get a two two which is even better I, I like it me too for limited um, yeah for limited it's constructed it only sees play if aristocrats becomes a deck right uh, like aristocrats, and especially if the aristocrats deck has like a zombie sub theme. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that it needs that. That would be nice, but like sure. with dual port cutthroat, right? And then you have some engine. Maybe you have a henny or something like that. Um, and we just need enough enough cards to kind of make put that to work. Because the problem with that deck is that, uh, or one of the problems with that deck, I should say, is Nantuko Husk was a great sack outlet because it made it so that you could make attacks that your opponent could not really block profitably because Husk pumped itself, but Yeheni does not pump itself, which means that um, the deck lost some some power. Yeah. Our next card is Quarry Hauler. Green three for a four three camel. When Quarry Hauler enters the battlefield, for each kind of counter on target permanent, put another counter of that kind on it or remove one from it. This is like Snake's older cousin. Really? He's slightly more sophisticated. Yeah, snakes can grow into anything they want. Look at the long camel neck. Is that how evolution works? Yeah, that's how um, angels or grew from demons and and dragons. They're all they're all one. Yeah. So, anyways, the flexibility on this card is really nice. Uh, if you do want to get rid of minus one minus one counters that you've been forced to place on one of your own creatures, and maybe like um, we have that four four guy that. You put three minus one minus one counters on a creature, and you maybe you can't swing with it to take the counters off. So this is one way to like remove some counters. Or if you want to put more minus one minus one counters on an opponent's creature, or it, it, I, I like the flexibility. I think it's a fine body and limited. Yeah, if we're looking at obviously this is uh, for limited. Uh, if we're looking at this in that format, then the counters that we've seen so far have been minus one minus one and brick. So this allows you, as you said to make your creatures a little bit bigger by taking away counters, make your opponent's creatures a little bit smaller by adding them, or speeding up uh, your pyramid building by putting some more brick <laughs> counters on your, your stuff. And four mana for a four three body is not awful. Uh, I think like if you have a lot of minus one minus one counter synergies, this card gets a lot better. Um, otherwise, it's kind of mediocre. Agree. Pyramid of the Pantheon is our next card. This is one mana artifact, and you can pay two to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and you put a brick counter on Pyramid of the Pantheon. 
and then you can tap it to add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Activate the ability only if there are three or more brick counters on Pyramid of the Pantheon. So this is really tempting. Um, with a lot of these cards that don't do anything by themselves when they first come down, uh, one of the key things is what turn you're playing it. So you can play this turn one, or you can play this on a later turn and still afford to play something else because it's just one mana. And as far as like, it is color fixing and it brings you down one mana, right? Cause you pay to tap it to get a mana of any color. So it's, it's interesting for fixing and it doesn't slow you down too much. And then the upside of three mana every turn, you, you could cast some pretty big stuff, especially if you have like a nice mana sink or something like, you know, X cost. This is, this is pretty tempting. I'm not tempted by it. I think the card is terrible. Uh, this is like, I think that slowing you down by one mana every turn is really substantial. If we're talking about constructed, is really substantial, um, forcing you to play off curve. Um, and then the like, if you're working towards something really incredible, then fine. You're working toward three mana. Like, what deck? What kind of ramp deck wants to play this? I I just don't think that there's uh, a deck that wants to use this card's payoff um, and is willing to put in the work to get it. Uh, it seems like. It's kind of at very best like a Gilded Lotus type of card, and I don't think a deck would want Gilded Lotus right now. So I, I'm, I don't like Pyramid. Um, I don't think it'll see much play. Well, let's look at some of the cards that you could put all that mana towards. So our next card is Heaven to Earth. This is Green X, uh, instant. Heaven deals X damage to each creature with flying. Earth is Red Red X for sorcery. Aftermath, Earth deals X damage to each creature without flying. Uh, this seems like it could see play in one of two, two kinds of constructed decks. One, we occasionally see these green X deal X damage each with flying effects uh, see play if the format becomes um, much more about flyers. Uh, if you had like a card like Dragonlord Ojutai or you had mm -hmm. a card where like uh, there's a deck that starts playing like Archangel Avacyn, the new Glorybringer Dragon, maybe Angel of Sanctions, and like you want to take them all out. Like this card could actually be really good out of the sideboard, um, but you know that's it. And then its its red uh, side would just be pure upside afterward, which is a, a nice bonus to tack on. Um, the other kind of deck I could imagine wanting this is some kind of Delirium deck, like a John Delirium deck, which only wants the red side and is looking to dump this into the graveyard and then use the red side as a board wipe. This is an inefficient board wipe. Like, you're paying five mana for something that Radiant Flames can do for three, which is pretty awful. Uh, yeah. So this is a bit of a stretch. But that's the only only thing I can think of in terms of constructed. Yeah, I agree. Even, like, the green side, usually if creatures with flying are a problem, they're cheaper green kill flying creature spell, right? Like, Clip Wings was an Innistrad. That's still legal, right? It's just green one instant kill target destroy target sack, creature with flying. Like sack a creature oh sack a creature with flying but also the difference is like this deals it to all of them sure sure right so, so if, if i need to kill world of virtuoso thopters i can pay two mana to kill everything oh yeah this is great for killing thopters yeah but like i don't know that you actually want to bring this in against four colors hilly just for thopters seems like pretty low impact as compared to the other things that you could be bringing in against it yeah. uh but you know, it's there. And if it's a deck that's playing a lot of flyers, like, good option. Good to say, this is just a card that's, like, a good sideboard card to keep in the back of your head for Constructed. Yeah. Uh, our next set of cards is a cycle of cyclers. <laughs> All right, so the first card in this cycle is Vizier of Tumbling Sands. This is 
blue too for a human cleric creature. I never really think of sands as tumbling. Well, these t sands, they, they tumble. Maybe it's because they're in an hourglass or something? Like, I don't know. I don't think of sands as tumbling. Kinda like, looks like a... tumbleweeds tumble. Sands, <laughs> sands blow. They, they tumble down other sands. I disagree. I disagree. So this card is, I'm, I'm under protest. Continue. Alright, well, it is a 1-3, and you can tap it to untap another target permanent, or you can cycle it for a blue one. And when you cycle it, untap target permanent. Huh. And we're paying blue two for this effect. Uh, this is... Uh, I mean, so in limited, is, it seems good, because in limited, you're able to untap your exert guys, uh, oh, which yeah. is really, really strong. Um, three mana for one three blocker is not terrible. Uh, the cycling is cheap here, but the upside, the ability that you get when you cycle it, I don't think is fantastic. Okay. Um, it kind of is a trick where like you're basically saying this is an instant that's blue one, untap a permanent, draw a card. Uh, so not the worst. Uh, I, I think that this card is pretty decent. Um, I would probably play it uh, in my deck. Yeah, my blue I agree. X creature deck. Yeah, I, I think it's important that you pointed out the um, exert. And it, it feels like a combat trick. Like you can. I, at least if you're cycling, right, that's like untap instant speed and they don't see it coming. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they obviously see you untapping your exert creatures every turn. <laughs> right, 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 right. But. Yeah. Um, and it can lead to these kind of awkward p scenarios where, like, they have to kill this creature even though they really don't want to. Um, right. If you put this in a deck that's providing a decent amount of value. All right, our next card is Stir the Sands. So tumbling to stirring sands. You don't sands. stir sands either. What is up with the if weird things you do to sands? sand in a bowl. Why are we, okay, why are we putting sand in a bowl? Because we want to bake a sand pie, obviously. That's not a thing. It could be a thing. It, I but Zombies bake it or they come out of the sand anyway. If I, you stir I, it. I, again, this card is also under protest. <laughs> well, this is Black Black 4 for Sorcery. Create three 2-2 two, two black zombies. Cycle for black three. And when you cycle it, create a 2-2 two, two black zombie creature token. This is pretty dece. Um, six mana for six power across three bodies and six toughness across three bodies. I think is a fine rate. Yep. Nothing to be super excited about, but like this is a, a okay top end. Um, and the ability to cycle it and get a 2-2 two, two is, is, is fine. Uh, I'd be much more excited if the cycling cost was cheaper. Uh, yeah, four, four mana. is a lot for a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, but like... And draw a card. Yeah, I, I just think that like this is a card you really want to cast for six, but like when you're kind of in a pinch, in a bit of a pickle, <laughs> then uh, you can stir stir away the card and get a zombie. Reaching, but okay. Re I'm reaching. Stirring sands? Come on. Stirring and tumbling sands. That is reaching. Our next card is Shepet Monitor. This is... I think it's Shifei. Kind of like, you know, like people are like, oh, I'm going to go to Target. And you're like, no, it's actually Target. So this is the Shifei Monitor. And? Uh, green 5. It's a lizard. It kind of <laughs> takes away any classiness it was pretending to have. So it's a green 5 lizard. Uh, it's a 6-5. Uh, and it cycles green 3. When you cycle Shafei Monitor, you may search your library for a basic land card or a desert card. What? A desert? Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. This is a card that, in limited... So this is kind of weird because the other the other pieces of this cycle um, do one thing and then do that thing to a lesser degree if you cycle it. This is just a really big creature that does something <laughs> completely different if you cycle it. This is basically a split card where... Uh, more so than the other ones are. The other ones are also split cards, right? 
but uh, where this is, you can pay six mana for six five, or you pay four mana to get a land, um, and then also draw a card. So I I think that in limited, the six mana six five is something that like you will probably never be excited about, but you will sometimes be kind of pigeonholed into playing if you need it in your curve. Um, and you know it's it's decent fixing. Like this is in instant speed ramp spell, right? So like you can hold up mana and then pay four at the end of your opponent's turn get a land and kind of surprise them and untap, uh, you know, if you're on turn four, you, you skip to six mana on turn five. So I, I like that as a trick, and I think that this could even see play in standard, uh, where this kind of four mana ramp spell is is decent. Uh, I like that it replaces itself, um, and it gives you the ability to get deserts, which is promising. Um, we've only seen one so far, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but they uh, how Mara has, has confirmed that we'll see a couple in Amonkhet and that it becomes more of a sub-theme in Hour of Devastation as well. Mm. I have to say, it seems hard to believe that you would want this in Constructed. Don't we have better ramp? No. Really? Can you think of better ramp? What what happened to Virgerous Growth or whatever? Uh, rampant Growth? Rampant Growth. That's not a card in Standard. Or Vegetation. Uh, explosive Vegetation Rotated. Mm. We don't have any ramp spells. That's why the ramp decks died and Aetherworks Marvel is just better. Uh, and what happened to our hasty mana dork? Beast. Beast Color Savant? Yeah. Dies to Liliana? Oh, yeah. Uh, and Walking Ballista? Wow. All right, yeah. Well. Yeah. So this, I, I don't think this is, like, really good. But like we if just you don't are happen to have anything better. F, yeah, like, if you're desperate for an effect that will ramp you, like, you're kind of locked into playing this in Constructed. Um, but I, I'm hard-pressed to imagine right now that there will actually be a Constructed deck that wants this. Um, one interesting point, this is an instant speed way to disrupt Sahili combo. Oh, where yeah. Where you can cycle this, fetch up a desert, and as we'll talk about, desert, The so we have Sunscorched Desert, which is land with a subtype of desert. When it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to target player, and you can tap it to add Carlos to your mana pool. And this does not come in tap, to be clear. Right, so you can redirect that to Sahili. Uh, to disrupt the combo, so that's that's kind of a fun thing. Do you think there are going to be more deserts that do different things, or is this going to be, like, the only... It is a common, like, this is the only kind of desert that we'll see? No, we just said two minutes ago that Marrow is said that deserts... There will be more deserts in Namenkat, and oh. it will become a sub-theme in Hour of Devastation. Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, so we can expect more deserts. Um, we don't really know what they'll do. I imagine some of them might do damage. They could even be functional reprints of each other, where you could have Sun Scorched Desert, Really Hot Desert, uh, Smoky Desert, and they all do the same thing. And that way you can just run more than four of them. But that would be really weird, so I don't know why they do that. And you have great names. Thank you. Really I should, Hot I, Desert. You know, Wizards did try to get me to join them for uh, creative, coming up with card names. But I had to turn them down so I could continue doing this podcast. That's rough. Yeah, it is. Poor, it is. Poor it Wizards. Is. Yeah, they're missing out. Uh, I should. I, what would I name? Okay, our next card. Let's see. Our next card. I'm going to name it myself. Oh dear. Okay. Should you not tell them the name after everyone has heard what the card is and does? Sure. Deemworthy is red four instant. Deals seven damage to target creature. Cycle for red three. When you cycle it, you may deal two damage to target creature. In limited, this card is really strong. In limited, yeah. this is uh, a five mana kill a creature in red. Uh, this is, seems like a bend in red because uh, they've talked about trying to move away from massive amounts of damage in red because it basically just becomes destroy a creature, right? Right. So Normally red deals like three. Yeah, or, three or four at most. Yeah. Maybe five if it's like against blue or white. Um, so 
This I really like because I think that five mana instant to kill anything is, is a great card by itself. But when you tack on the ability to shoot down a creature earlier on and also draw a card, uh, I really like this. I, I think this is a really good card in limited. Totally agree. And now I'll name it. I get to name it, right? Now you get to name so it. So first, deem worthy, I think, is because uh, you can see in the art, there's a guy kneeling down. He's about to get stabbed by Hazaret. Is he's that his being, name? He's being judged. By well, no, Hazaret kills people once they win the trials. Yeah, that's like yeah. the thing. So he's been deemed worthy, and Hazaret's gonna gonna kill him. Okay, good for him. Here's what I named the card: stabbed by a Bident. <laughs> stabbed by Hazaret. But he Bident. hasn't been stabbed yet. Well, I mean that this card depicts him. You know, he's about to get stabbed. Like the Bident is clearly going toward him to kill him. Right. I have another name for it. Okay. Thassa's jealousy. Because Thassa's like, like mm, I my like my Biden, like my Biden so much better, but it got stolen, so I want a new one, and she wants this one. I like it. Yeah, she likes Hazaret's Biden. Yeah. Even better. Do you think Kiora's going to show up in Amaket and steal the Biden here? I think that's Maybe a likely sub-theme. Yeah, Biden she could just switch from like, collecting giant sea creatures to fight the Eldrazi and instead yeah. just start <gasps> collecting Bidens. You know what Kiora really wants? She wants to she take... She wants Bidens. All the Bidens. Not just Bidens. She wants to Joe take... Biden. <gasps> Joe Biden. No, she wants to take... Nickel Bolasa's giant horns and make them into the ultimate Oh my gosh. Biden. She'd have the coolest Biden ever. The coolest, largest, most unwieldy Biden. Yes, and would have the gem of becoming floating in between the prongs. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Next card is Cryptic Serpent. This is blue, blue five for a six, five serpent. Cryptic Serpent costs one less to cast for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard. So cool. So um, right off the bat, uh, Pretty sure, actually, you know what? I was going to say I, I was pretty sure that I'd play this in Limited, but to be honest, I don't usually play a lot of Instants and no, Sorceries in Limited, so this is just pretty expensive. I think that in Limited, you shouldn't expect this to be like what you would see in Constructed, where this is going to be blue-blue, or blue-blue one, no. uh, if you build a deck around it, but I think that playing a 6-5 for 5 mana, if you have 2 Instants and Sorceries, is totally good like yeah. i'm happy to take that card so i i think that this card is pretty good and limited uh if you can afford to run like you know a decent number of instant sorceries like make sure you know you don't want to go too hard into it no um but you know seven mana six five is not again unheard of if you need something big on the curve because your cards are bad yeah but uh i think usually you'll get to cast this for um five or six and sometimes maybe even four yeah i mean i I also think this is pretty fun in blue because blue tends to have, you know, pretty small creatures. So it's nice to have a large creature in limited. Yeah. Um, you know, usually you have to like support it with green. So you have the big, big beaters. Um, so even if you're playing this, if you just have, like you said, one or two instances of sorceries, you can get it out turn five. I think that's fine. Yeah. I think like, you know, casting, you know, playing a creature on turn two, creature on turn three, casting a removal spell. Uh, creature on turn four maybe you cast another spell and then you play this on uh turn six for five mana is pretty good yeah so, i like it uh it's yeah it's fine it'll probably get played in constructed um i think you're mostly looking at this card in modern more yep. so in modern than in standard because modern is able to fill its graveyard with super cheap instant sorceries much more quickly than you can in standard but in modern this is competing with the same kind of space that tassiger the golden fang and Gurmag angler occupy and it seems like Gurmag Angler and Tasgar are just better for a couple of reasons. One, uh, they don't have the double cost that Grim, uh, Cryptic mm. Serpent has. The blue-blue is like a significant, 
downgrade from just single black. Second, uh, Tassiger, the card uh, has a lot of card advantage, and the ability to have that built-in card advantage on Tassiger is very strong. Um, and Gurmag Angler has kind of the only thing that is missing is that like it, it's a five-five instead of a six-five. But I don't think the difference between those is too dramatic. Like this is gonna kill our trade with all the same stuff that Angler is going to. Um, the only thing is that like. This doesn't actually exile cards in your graveyard, so if you really want to keep them around, then you know maybe you have some incentive to play this. But I think usually like these decks uh, that we're talking about are able to sufficiently fill up their graveyard such that delving away stuff is not too big of a deal. Um, and if they really want to keep an instant or sorcery later for snapcast or flashback, uh, or you know flashing back the spell itself, it's like lingering souls. Um, then they are quite able to do that. Cool. So our next card is Grim Strider. This is black three for a six six. Sounds really above curve, but wait, there's more. There is? Yeah. It's also a horror creature, sometimes relevant, and uh, gets minus one, minus one for each card in your hand. It's got uh, got some Balas horns going, too, in the art. It's a theme. Wait, is Balas going to, like, be Yeah, have you noticed that? Actually, there's some, like, lands and stuff that have Balas horns. And, That's crazy. and actually, all of the invocations, they have Balas horns all over the place. So weird. So yeah, weird. it's pretty subtle. You might not have picked up on it. Uh, so Grim Strider, what do you think of this? I think I play it in Limited. I, yeah? It's, I'd be a little hesitant to play this in Limited. Yeah, but I mean, the thing in Limited is you usually run out of cards. Like, probably not on turn four, but you can probably play it on turn four and not have it die. And then over the next couple of turns, it, it'll just grow. You probably play Grim Strider as, uh, on turn four, like a, I don't know, 3-3 three, three three, maybe? Three. Yeah. And then it just gets bigger. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think it's very fine. I think I would play it. Yeah. In uh, Constructed, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't Not want Not worth this. it. It doesn't even have any creature types that you care about. I mean, I say horror because... Uh, Thing in the Ice <laughs> totally cares about this I card. I know, that's such a pain, but um, outside of that, and that's really not seeing play right now in Standard. Psh, just wait. Thing in the Ice, uh, Thing in the Ice Cryptic Serpent Tribal Horror is going. I'm telling you, it's going somewhere. Uh-huh. You you try to build that deck. We'll see. I would never do that. So. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Uh, and next up, we get into the zombie place with all the zombie zombie matters cards, uh, which is really cool that they spoiled three zombie matters cards in one day. I'm going to read all of these together. Um, we have Plague Belcher. This is black two for a 5-4 zombie beast with menace. When Plague Belcher enters the battlefield, put two minus one minus one counters on target creature you control. Whenever another zombie you control dies, each opponent loses one life. Then we have Lord of the Accursed, black two, zombie, two, three. Other zombies you control get plus one, plus one, and you can pay black one and tap it, and all zombies gain menace until end of turn. Even your opponents. You can give your opponent's zombies menace. And then we have Dread Wanderer, black for a two, one, zombie jackal. Dread Wanderer enters the battlefield tapped. You can pay black two, return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery, and only if you have one or fewer cards in hand. So, before we go into zombies, let's talk about this ability. Go uh, one or fewer cards in hand. We're seeing that as kind of like a theme among Almond Cat stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a really neat name proposed for it. So I don't know if you're familiar. The old Rakdos mechanic from original Ravnica was called Hellbent. Uh, oh, yeah. And it had a, bonuses that would happen when you had no cards in hand. So... This one card in hand, instead of being hellbent, what do you think of being heckbent? <laughs> it's 
adorable. I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be using that. I, right. I think it's a pretty nifty. Uh, All right. So if you're heck bent, you can bring back this two one and enters tapped. You sound like you don't like it. No. Well, ugh, gosh. I mean. <laughs> oh gosh. Golly. Golly gee. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It's so small and it's so dying to everything and enters Aww. tapped. Poor little guy. <laughs> I mean, I know he's a zombie, and that's that's relevant. That's really relevant. And he's cheap. He's just black, and he recurs, which is always a problem. But he's just so small, you know? So small. So small. So small and so cute. Killable. So no, not killable. cute. Just so dead. Like, always dead. Always dying. Um. Yeah, I, I like Even it. Even like Ballista. Yeah, but... Okay. I know, but it feels bad to Ballista him, because he'll just come yeah, back. Yeah, one man is going to come back. So... This, uh, what we're seeing are the pieces of a deck that Min has been talking about for a while now, which is the black, perhaps white, uh, go-wide zombie deck. Uh, yeah. This card fits right in. It's a single mana. It's a very aggressive threat. Uh, you can attack with this on turn two, um, and they're likely not going to want to trade their Grim Flare or their uh, Toolcraft Exemplar for this. Maybe they will. I don't know. Um, and I, I guess there's like if one ink constrictor two three but yeah whatever whatever um or point being this is really two, aggressive three. um it becomes really easy to go wide um and this just keeps coming back which means that yeah though you can't bring it back for a while because you have to be heck bent uh i think in the deck that we're talking about you're going to be heck bent or hell bent pretty quickly like mm. you're going to deploy all of your stuff uh and then this card becomes just like it just comes back every turn yeah. um and you could play this you know with the lord of the curse it's a three two with plague belcher every time they kill it they lose a life and then it just comes back and they're gonna you know lose more life from it um so i think that these three cards together put in the pieces uh that uh, of of the black zombie deck that were kind of missing i think it's getting very close to being pretty competitive I, I, and when i say pretty competitive i mean like you would not be completely embarrassed to play in standard. I don't know if it's going to be tier one, um, but I think like as a tier two, tier three deck, like someone who wants to bring this to F and M and like play Zombie Trial will have a good shot at it. Um, yeah. I particularly like Lord of the Accursed. Uh, this oh, card, so good. Yeah, the fact that it gives them menace is nuts. The ability to play Lord of the Accursed uh, and like you know you're really wide with your zombies. You pay black one and tap it, gain it, give everything menace, and then you play the zombie pump spell that gives everything plus two plus one to under turn. Um, seems great. Uh, like I think that card is good, and I think that we actually have to talk about this in limited because it's an uncommon. Yeah, so you'll definitely see it. And yeah. in limited, there's enough like randomly zombies or you know the embalm, um, embalm stuff. Yeah, that that I think this is. A, pr- a pretty good pick yeah i, think I like it this, i like it a lot I, yeah. I think i'd pick this card pretty highly like there's so many zombies there's so many good cards that are also happen to be zombies that right. lord of the accursed is good um and in three mana two three fine whatever uh and uh you know you can give stuff menace that's right. that's cool that's good yeah so even if you don't go hard on it i i really like it i guess the other thing for constructed i really like so played Bel- plague belcher is the one that puts the two minus one minus one counters on a creature when it enters the battlefield I do like the interaction with the stupid 2-1 that dies and you can bring it back because you can just throw the counters on that, kill it because you hate it anyway, and then bring it back you later. You really don't like it. I don't like it. I guess you won't be playing zombies, huh? I might. I just, I still wouldn't like that card. Okay. What about Minotaurs? You going to play Minotaurs? Oh my gosh. Well, so let's talk about the Minotaur Lord. Okay. Okay. What do you um, think? Give us your thoughts. What's your hot take on Minotaur Lord? Uh, 
Well, I haven't seen enough. You think he's going to become a planeswalker in our devastation? No. He is worthy. He's the worthy. He thinks he's worthy. I mean, apparently wizards does. They named him the worthy. <laughs> I guess when I when I see the uh, zombie lord, I'm a little bit jealous for Minotaur Lord because I think Menace is a lot better than First Strike. Yeah, I think the other thing that makes Lords good is, you know, having cards of the type in the set. Yeah, There's I like know. like two Minotaurs Where so are the Minotaurs? Exactly. We have like one Minotaur zombie, so just play the zombie deck. There you go. What card do you want to review next, Katie? We got three left. Up to you. Oh, wait. we Plague Vulture. We didn't get to talk about that very much. Oh, I just said, you know... Yeah, yeah, you get to so kill you your thing. So you throw the counters on your stupid um, thing that you I hate. like five power Oh, and menace. then you drain. Yeah, you drain him. Um, I, I think this is actually a key part of the zombie deck because for three mana, this is really cheap. It's got a massive body, but the ability to just drain, like zombies are going to be something that are going to be pretty much attacking every single turn, dying a bunch and coming back. Uh, and the ability to like gain value off of that cycle is great. So Plague Belcher, I think of as kind of another zombie lord that is, I'm a big fan of and will help to give the black zombie deck some staying power because even the late game um if you can't get through those you know last couple points of damage this card will do that uh yeah. so you know probably kill it right but... <laughs> like if you attack they're damned if they block and kill your stuff and they're damned if they take the damage so yeah yeah our next card is nissa and let me tell you folks she is blue you think we'll ever get a planeswalker card that's like nissa and ashaya partners in crime not in crime Maybe partners like... in plants leafy friends leafy friends i could see that yeah. believe in yourself plus yeah. one partners Make a of plant self-esteem friend. minus two increase everyone's self-esteem put a confidence counter believe on in nissa. yourself believe yeah nissa comes in with confidence counters instead of loyalty counters yeah. i could see that i could see that and then, like, if you Shia. lose a Shia, Nissa dies or something. Oh, poor, poor, poor yeah. Shia. Anyways, this is this is a really cool card. It is blue-green X. Oh, okay, we should say Nissa, Steward of Elements. Blue-green X for an X loyalty planeswalker. What? This is, uh, yeah, we're venturing into new space here, what new design new? space. Yeah. Uh, so, plus two, scry two. Zero, look at the top card of your library. If it's a land card or a creature card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of loyalty counters on Nyssa, you may put that many cards onto the battlefield. You may put that card onto the battlefield. That card. Uh, minus six, untap up to two target lands you control. They become five, five elemental creatures with flying and haste until end of turn. They're still lands. So, wow. Uh, so, what do you think? Do you think you take this card in limited? Uh... First of all, always take the Planeswalkers I, Yeah, limited. but like, you know, it has, it has Nyssa on it. I know, I don't I like know. Nyssa. But it, it's so cool. You think they're giving her another color because they're going to kill her in, uh, in the next set? No, I think they're trying to grow her character, make her more dynamic. I mean, it's not hard. She's like, you know, has no... Her character is Ashaya Zendikar. That's it. I know. So. Remember when she was a racist elf? Yeah, so that was, much those better. were the good old days, right? Yeah. Um... Okay, you were saying that you were trying to actually evaluate the card? Yeah, I thought we should do that, you know, since it's like, quote-unquote, what the podcast is about. Whatever. Yeah. One of the things we often look at when we evaluate Planeswalkers is, can they protect themselves? I think Nyssa, the two ways that she potentially protects herself is, one, she can tick up for two, which, you know, again, like, high loyalty makes her a little bit harder to kill, but it doesn't, like, strictly protect her in any way. Um, and the zero, if you hit a creature and you can play it, then you're putting more bodies on the board that could protect her. 
But it doesn't have, like, a nullify a creature or anything like that, like a lot of other planeswalkers have. So so that could be a concern. But the the upside here is, is basically card advantage. This is very blue for Nyssa, ex- except... I mean, I know it has the creature focus in the land, but it's it's a very blue card. Well, no, I mean, it's it makes sense. You know, blue's been losing all of its card draw to green, <laughs> so I think this is a really appropriate blue-green card. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like, so I have to say, I like that the scry two, and then um, the next turn you draw a card, and then you know the second card on the top of your deck if you chose to keep them both. Yeah, so I you mean, reveal if you it. kept them both. Yeah, if you kept them both. So you reveal it, and you know that you can play it. Um, because it is less than Nissa's loyalty, um, so that's a that's cool potential there. What are your thoughts? When you're evaluating a planeswalker, like you said, you want to look at its ability to protect itself. Um, Nissa doesn't really do that. Nope. But you know the thing that Nissa has that most other planeswalkers do not is really enormous flexibility. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think we can say, oh, Nissa doesn't protect herself, so you know she won't see any play. Like, plus two scry two, I think, is not actually, like, all that great. Um, but the ability to have this, like, be a turn three play or a turn four play or a turn five play or a turn ten play, I think is is great. I think this could fit into a couple of different decks, right? So if you play something like Nyssa in um, a deck like Four Colors Sahili, then oh. you're going to be using the plus two mode a lot to try to search for the combo if that's the kind of position that you're in. Um, alternatively, you could be, you know, zeroing if you scry with Sahili, you keep on top, then you zero, you put it into play, um, and, uh, you know, being able to scry two, blink this with Felidar Guardian, zero, put the card into play, it's not, all these things are nice, right? So that's one kind of, uh, play pattern that you could see with Nyssa. Uh, you could also see this as a surprise, you're dead, where you say, okay, we're gonna just play this for, uh, eight mana, right? It comes in with six counters. And just ult it straight away, and you get two five five flyers, and you kill them uh, if they have like ten life or less. So the surprise kill thing, I think, in the late game is a real thing to watch out for. Um, but the kind of build that I'm most excited to play this in is just a grindy mid range deck. I think that this card combos really well with Vizier of the Menagerie, the ability to look at the top card of your mm. library at any point and then say, "Oh, it's a creature. Oh, it's a land. Let me zero Nissa and put it in." Or if it's not, I, I'll take her up and scry to the bottom if I don't like my top card. Um, just the ability to do that, I think is great. Um, and these two cards could see play together. Um, so uh, instead of Nissa and Ashaya working together, I think we'll see Nissa and Vizier of the Menagerie uh, mm. working together, which is good because Nissa likes animals and plants and things like that. So it's right up her alley. Uh, and I'm looking to play this on, um, you know, if I'm in a mid-range deck, I look to play this as X equals like four. Yeah. And then just zero, 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 zero every turn. Uh, and like maybe you take her up once if you need to you're looking to hit like a I don't know a gear hulk or something um, but uh, I just love the card advantage that this thing provides the ability to just put stuff into play off the top of your deck um, this does have like a similar deck building constraint to some other cards that we've seen like collected company right collected company you need to hit run a critical mass of creatures that mm-hmm. were um, converting mana cost three or less to make the card be really good um, and Nissa, I think, is similar. If you want to be able to really just play this in zero, 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 you're looking to play a very high creature count. Um, and, you know, I'm sure Frank Carson will run the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you're also looking for a creature count, a high creature car- count of creatures that have a lower converted mana cost so that you can start zeroing Nissa as soon as possible. Because I think mm. that really 
the zeroing Nissa mode is kind of the, the thing to go for here. And once you've clogged up the board, if you're not getting through, that's when you tick her up, tick her up, alt her, and then your opponent's dead. Um, so I like Nissa. I think that people will try her out in a lot of different decks. Um, I think she could fit into a couple of different decks. Um, but this is a difficult card to evaluate because as a Planeswalker, she's, the design is very different um, than other Planeswalkers that we've seen in terms of the X. Uh, so we're going to have to test her and see like how good is she on uh, X equals 1? How good is she on X equals 3? How good is she on X equals 5? Uh, and, you know, if she actually is decent at all points in the curve, then we have a real winner. If she's terrible at multiple points in the curve and is really only good on X equals 6 or X equals 5, then like maybe this card doesn't really see much play and is mostly kind of a quirky little planeswalker that we keep in the back of our heads. Um, but I, I'm excited to see what she can do in Constructed. And I know I, I really hope that these kinds of cards, these grindy card vintage cards, mean that we will see a more mid-range oriented format and we won't just see cats and hearts killing them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that front. Um, what do you think of, so you talked about just, you want to zero this every turn, get lots of card advantage that way. If you're playing a green mid-rangey deck and you want card advantage and you want to play this for X is four, that's a turn six Planeswalker. Would you rather just play the Ajani? You can tick up, look at, get three permanents perhaps to your hand. You already have at least six lands on board. Well, remember that um, Ajani doesn't actually hit lands. Ajani only hits mm. non-land permanents. Um, and additionally, Ajani puts those cards into your hand, which is fine. But Nissa puts them right onto the battlefield, which means you get to draw a card for your turn. You get to cast that card if you want. And then you also get to zero Nissa and put a creature onto the battlefield. So that's just much better. Like, you're going to be able to put more cards out per turn than you would with Ajani. Uh, I'm going to say yes and no. If you, you know, have a low curve, let's say with a Johnny you hit a 3-3 three, three and a 3-3, three, three, you could play two, whereas Nissa you can always only play one. Yeah, but you're also drawing a card for the turn. So, like, if you have a Johnny oh, sure. and you hit, like, two four drops, and then you draw another creature or something for the turn, like, you're not going to have to play all those, but mm -hmm. Nissa you will. I think, like, in that case, like, it's it's close. But I think that the thing that ends up giving Nissa her edge over a Johnny is again just her flexibility yeah uh, like if you're looking for i think Ajani's good because like the removal tacked on is really nice as well um but i i just love nissa's flexibility uh her you know you can play her on x equals one and then she goes up to three and now she's gonna like eh, scry two and soak up some damage meh whatever uh but if you know x equals two or x equals three like maybe she's really good we'll have to see we'll have to see i i don't know um, I'm I'm excited to test her out and see uh, what kind of decks end up wanting her. Yeah, I, I I am really excited. Even the minus six I think is really good, and the fact that you could play her with enough loyalty to immediately minus six ten damage is no joke. Well, yeah, the, drawing attention to the ultimate, and usually you don't evaluate planeswalkers in terms of their ultimate, right? Right. But for Nissa, she you can play her and alter immediately, um, and like win on the spot. And that's the other difference, is that when Planeswalkers ultimate, a lot of their ultimates are game-winning, but they take time, yeah. right? They resource... People see them coming. Yeah, but not just you see them coming. Like, you can die before you win, right? If you ult yeah. Chandra, you need to cast, like, two or three spells. And that sounds really easy, but if you can't do that in one turn, your opponent has one turn window to kill you. Okay. Uh, if you ult Jace, right? J old Jace, Friends Prodigy, and you mill them every time you cast a spell, you need to cast a lot of spells before you're going to do that. This is minus six, and your opponent could just die, depending on your deck, immediately right. that turn. Uh, and even if they don't, like, 
then it's uh, equi- it's on par with other ultimates that we've seen. So I really like her ultimate. Yeah. All right. So excited to see the decks that Nissa ends up in. Definitely pick her up in limited. I think. I mean, I always pick up Planeswalkers in limited, even if they're not good. Yeah, in limited. I was I was joking. Uh, this is like obviously you take Nissa in limited. Yeah. <laughs> She's really really good in limited. All your creatures are gonna be like three mana. Yeah. So you play and- her for five, and then you just get creatures every turn. Yeah. It's insane. And then if you ever alter, you just win. Oh, yeah. So our next card is Ronas the Indomitable. This is our green god. It is green two for a 5-5. Five five. Uh, death touch indestructible. It can't attack or block unless you control another creature with power four or greater. And you can pay green two to give another target creature you control plus two plus oh and trample until end of turn. This guy's just like always on. Like there's no reason yeah. this god is not turned on it's all the time. It's so easy for a green deck to have a four four a four yeah. powered creature. Grim Flare on turn two. Right. Uh like That's... I mean anything. Like this yeah. is just like this is really easy to turn on. All the other gods except for the white ones so far, uh turn this on just having them on the battlefield, even if they're not turned on. Right. Um I think that the death touch is not super relevant like this is going to kill everything anyways right and it's indestructible um but this is a great beater for this like hypothetical so we talk about like mono red aggro and we've also mentioned when looking at the uh two mana goif equivalents that come in with minus one minus one counters that uh they kind of lend themselves to a stompy green stompy deck uh, this card totally wants to be in that curving like pummeler into this into uh, not pummeler sorry um, we'll take brolic They'll take Brawler or one of your Goyf creatures into this, into like, I don't know, what's a good four drop? Uh, Fleet Wheel Cruiser is aggressive. Uh, you could play... Oh, I love the Hydra. Gaunty. That's not very aggressive. Uh, but, you know, you, you can curve out with this card. And, like, it's very, very strong. Playing this on turn three and basically having it always be a 5-5 five, five for three mana in a deck that wants to be pretty much attacking all the time, I think is going to be great. Yeah. Um, and I think the ability to give creatures plus two plus so and trample is also really relevant because oh, yeah. that's totally that's what attacking. right that's what green does you want to overrun them and your creatures are probably bigger or at least on par so you're getting through um relevant but he's still great you can only give other creatures plus two plus so and trample yeah i do think it's important to to point out though that the card is relatively narrow that if we don't see a mono like mono not mono green necessarily but green x kind of aggressive stompy deck then this card becomes kind of homeless, um, though I could see it get, uh, getting played in mid-range mirrors when you get a massive board stall, then this thing could actually help to break that because it gives your stuff trample. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just wait until they declare their blocks and then pump all of your mana into this to pump something up. Yeah, um, and there's always, you know, in those board stalls, like having a death touch creature is really good at stalling the board because people don't want to attack into it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's still a 5-5, five, five. like it'll kill everything anyways. Yeah. But it certainly discourages attacking, uh, yeah. your opponent attacking. Or you can be attacking every turn. And yeah, I think that's the, they the line you want to go. I think or... if you're in a mid-range mirror and either board is stalled, I think that basically you start, like, you send in a Thopter, and then they can't block it, and then all of a sudden your Thopter is dealing, like, seven damage every turn. Oh, yeah, you can pay that cost multiple times. You don't have to tap yeah. the creature or anything. Uh, or you just attack with everything, wait till they block, and then you pump in all of your mana, and they die anyway. So, like... I really like, I think Ronas is good in the kind of aggro deck or in the mid-range grind. Yeah. Do you think Ronas could fit in the same deck as Nissa? Sure. I'd love to zero Nissa and put a Ronas into play. Oh, that's true. It is a creature. Yeah. It's a god creature. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I think that, like, if you're playing Nissa, 
I'd play Ronas. Yeah, I, like I said, I like it, and I think like Nissa goes in those grindy mid-range decks. Uh, Ronas, I think, goes in those as like a one or two of the same kind of role you saw Nylea play, where oh, it was yeah. a one or two of in Devotion. Um, and like, if you really desperately wanted to, you could like side in another copy or something. But yeah, um, I don't but think her you want trample a lot. could really win the game for you. Yeah, totally. And I think the same thing goes here, where like the trample is just really relevant. Yeah. All right, our last card of the evening is Anointed Procession. This is white three for an enchantment. If an effect would create one or more tokens under your control, it creates twice that many of those tokens instead. Ah, <sighs> I know you like this one. So as a green player, I, of course, love the card advantage of Tireless Tracker because, you know, that's what green does now. Mm-hmm. So play an Evolving Wilds, make four clues. It's nice. It's nice. Uh, I if you were thinking about this in constructed, I think that the better interaction is with planeswalkers making tokens, mm. um, because being able to zero Gideon make two knights plus Liliana make two zombies zero uh, my, what is it, plus plus Nissa make two yeah plants. three drop Nissa make two plants. I think that that's a little bit better because I think if you're just looking to like double clues or something, then it feels like Panharmonicon might be better because not only does it give you additional tokens, but it also gives you additional other triggers. So I think that you really want to play this in a deck that actually cares a lot about creature tokens and is making creature tokens via a lot of different means that are not just ETBs. Um, this also has really strong interaction with Embalm yeah. um, in Limited. And so far, we haven't seen any great Embalm creatures in Standard with the exception of Angel of Sanctions. And I think that with Angel of Sanctions, this card's nuts, right? You play six mana, comes back in the graveyard, makes two copies, you exile two creatures. Ooh. That's really strong. Um, but realistically, like in Constructed, unless you're doing something absurdly broken with this card, it's just not worth it. Like paying four mana to not do anything then make some extra tokens. Like, we don't have any token effects that are so busted right now that it's like, oh, yeah, if I doubled that, it'd be so insane. Um, the most broken thing I think of is going, like, you're in a token deck, making a bunch of tokens. Play in procession, you make some more tokens. Then you uh, cast Second Harvest, and you double your tokens, which means that from uh, for every one token you started with, you're getting four out. Yeah, that that gets to be a lot. That's crazy, quickly. right? Like if you yeah. have four to- uh, four tokens, right? You're doing you, you get, get 16. sixteen. Yeah, uh, and you for going from eight to sixteen can be an instant speed as well. Um, yeah. So that that seems like the strongest thing to me that you can do, um, but I I don't actually think like this is a competitive standard card, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, if we saw something like uh, Secure the Waste reprinted. Uh, I think if Secure the Waste was reprinted in Standard, uh, we can see it in two different roles, right? We see it either in Control as a finisher. Uh, we saw that in Black-White Control, a little bit in Esper, um, which does not want Anointed Procession because no. that would be the only token card in the deck. Or if you have uh, Secure the Waste, maybe then you have start having enough token interactions to play the, uh, a token-based deck, and then you play Anointed Procession. What we really would like to go with that is something like Perforos or Impact Tremors to then get mm. extra damage off of it as well. So yeah, I don't. I I'm not optimistic. Uh, but stranger things have happened, and the <laughs> like. The power of the card is very high. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think we have the pieces in standard right now to make it, you know, playable. Yeah. You never know. Maybe tomorrow though. Like today, they printed all the zombie cards. So. Yeah. We get twenty token makers tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, okay. One other thing is if they reprinted Intangible Virtue, uh, which is white one enchantment. Creature tokens you control get plus and plus one and have vigilance. Mm. Then I think we have to start taking token decks more seriously. Right now, I don't think we need to worry too much. Uh, but with an intangible virtue reprint, then we do need to start paying attention. 
Yeah. I mean, if we're able to make a zombie token deck work, don't we have some zombie pump creatures or spells? Yeah, so we do have the zombie pump spell. Um, but again, like I don't think zombies is running or have enough token producers to make this card worth playing, right? You have Crypt Breaker, and like making two zombies is really good. Uh, Haunted Dead would make two spirits, but I just think the deck wants to be more aggressive. Like I think if you're playing an aggressive zo- go wide black zombies deck, you don't have time to play a four mana do nothing spell. And we know we said that was the last card of the night. We lied. Turns out since the beginning of the podcast, there have been more. So Katie take it away all right our next card is harsh mentor this is red one for a two two and whenever an opponent activates an ability of an artifact creature or land on the battlefield if it isn't a mana ability harsh mentor deals two damage to that player wow this is strong yeah this is really strong like in modern you can have like like burn can bring this in against affinity and like affinity can't do anything Unless they kill this right away. They can't equip equip cranial plating, take two. Activate Ink Moth, take two. Activate Blink Moth, take two. Uh, instant speed changed my cranial plating, take two. Sack a creature to Ravager, take two. Sack Ravager, take two. Like, it it kill it does a lot. Uh, it's very impressive. Um, in standard, I think that can you think of what so like we're just seeing these cards for the first time. Can you think of any applications in standard? Yeah, so I guess whenever you crew a vehicle, that would count as an activated ability. It's too bad it doesn't hit planeswalkers. Ugh. Right? If this was like a planes, if whenever a planeswalker, then this also shuts off Sahili combo. Oh, yeah. And it would be like pretty decent against Gideon where every time it ticks. Oh, it'd be great against all planeswalkers. Whenever they tick up, they take two. Yeah, that, I mean. I think that'd be, that'd be, I think that would be good. That would like completely nullify planeswalkers. No, it wouldn't. It makes it, it discourages you from playing Planeswalkers, but this is a two mana 2 2. Yeah. Like, this is the easiest card in the world to kill. Just shock it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Harsh Mentor, that's that's sweet. I think this in well, standard. What other, yeah, I was going to say, what other applications yeah, in standard? I think in standard, uh, you see this maybe as a sideboard card. Um, if we end up seeing decks that uh, want to activate an ability over and over again, so for example, um, Duskwatch Recruiter, uh, this would be really good against those kinds of decks. Um, if you see something like, uh, you know, Whirler Virtuoso, you want to really hit them there, that, that works. Uh, anything that you think they're going to be activating an ability over and over again, you want to provide some hate for that, um, this card is pretty decent at it. It is just, like, so fragile, though. Oftentimes it'll be two mana for, like, maybe two damage, and then it dies. But also, I'm not terribly upset to trade, like, my two mana creature for one of their removal spells that's true they have to like spend their removal on this which is you know not really threatening them directly yeah but yeah i mean when i think about standard right now a lot a lot of the creatures are etb effects so i'm curious to see how relevant this effect is going to be yeah i mean and additionally you know if we're thinking back i do think that this is more of a modern card but it it means fetch lands are going to deal three to you Oh my god! Uh, it means that like <gasps> scavenging ooze, right? So you get you hit off scavenging ooze. You hit expedition map. Um, Lantern control gets completely wrecked by this card because they you know activate their things and they die. Uh, and it's not even symmetrical. It only hits your opponent. Wow. Yeah. No. This seems this seems really really good in modern. I'm. I think it's still good in standard, but I just think there's a lot more ETBs and oh clues have... clues. Oh clues. It's yeah. clues. Oh, that's a pain. That's a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Wow. 
So I, I'm this card's this card's cool. <laughs> this card is really cool. Uh, I don't know that it will see a ton of play in standard, but I think that this is definitely something to start watching out for in modern. Yeah. And what about in limited? Oh, in limited, I think that this is a basically a rare bear. Like I think. <laughs> Would you play it main? Uh, yeah, of course, because this like two mana two two is fine, um, and then the, the ability is pure upside, and like you'll probably get two or four damage off of it if it sticks around over the course of the the game. Well, so yeah, I, have to, I haven't been super paying attention to like how many activated abilities there are, but yeah, I think Harsh Mentor is really cool. Okay, and now our real last card is Protection of the Hecma. Uh, this is white four enchantment. If a source an opponent controls would deal damage to you, prevent one of that damage. I don't like this. Why don't you like it? At five, and it only prevents one damage from each source. So, Katie, here's here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine this. It's a card, Dampening Pulse. You might have heard of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wizards, you know, thought it was like the the top secret spicy awesome tech to crush Sahili Combo. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, it's not because it's a terrible card. But... Imagine a deck. You got some dampening pulses. You got some protection of the hecmas. You got some fogs. Ugh. Oh yeah. Oh Sounds yeah. Sounds terrible. Oh yeah. You know what? It's like tier seven. But <laughs> you know what? People are gonna try it, and it's gonna be really annoying to play against because it's just gonna take a really long time to kill them. Yeah, but the, I mean, this is. It does also five, shut off stability. Not that that matters. Yeah, very that's much, true. Because it's five mana. It's so slow. I don't know. You know, I play green, so I'm like, all right, sure, like, prevent one of the damage coming from my 6-6 creature. Big yeah. deal. Um, I also want to point out, not specifically about this card, but we're getting a ton of enchantments. Yeah. Um, there's a The enchantment count is very high so far in this set, uh, which is just something to note. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it could be that this is um, going to be relevant in our Devastation. Mm. It could be that we're going to go to a place that cares more about enchantments, but I... I you know, I think that's an is an interesting observation. Yeah, even I guess um, you know, it feels like we've had a number of the artifacts also that like sit and do something on the battlefield. That makes sense because Kaladesh. Yeah, yeah, because it still matters with Kaladesh, and we we haven't seen any um, equipments, right? Uh, I don't. Yeah, we haven't seen any equipment yet. Nope. So I guess that's why we have like just you know the artifacts and enchantments have this very similar feel where they stay on the field and and do something but usually like artifacts tap to right. even activate them right and right. whereas enchantments just sit there and have a Lingering. static effect yeah yeah um so i think that's it for tonight uh exciting batch of cards we got some a surprise modern playable card which is pretty cool uh, and and uh, a couple of good ones for standard as well. The zombie deck. We got some cool new planeswalker. The return of desert um, and uh, cycle of cyclers. And overall, I'd say a pretty pretty successful day of spoilers, Katie. I agree. So as always, we're sponsored by New England Comics, NEC Coolidge on Facebook, and Flipside Gaming at flipsidegaming.com. Tune in tomorrow for the latest and greatest of spoilers from Watsy. Uh, I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this is Spoiler, Spoiler Season. season.